0: Oh, you look great this morning. <laughs> on this Resurrection Sunday. We've all been resurrected. It's a new day in the Lord. I always love um, the fall back Sunday. Because folks come that are, used, are still on um, Daylight Savings Time. Would show up to church an hour early. And no one was there. And think that we had all been raptured. <laughs> and so we all... I would always love to get there early and say, and folks would stagger up to me and go, oh, I'm so glad you're still here. I had no no problem, we're we're gonna make it. We're all here together. Let's dive into the word of the Lord this morning. If you would stand with me just one more time. I know we've been standing a, a long time this morning and that's always good to stand in the presence of the Lord. We've been talking about his presence We're going to the joy book of the New Testament, Philippians, and we're going to talk about uh, how to get a hold of uh, joy and come to a place positionally in Christ that will bring about some stability in our lives. So if you would just uh, join me together in prayer this morning that the Lord would use his word to uh, impact our lives. And we heard, a, I heard a unique word Wednesday night in the Discovering Gifts class. It was, it's called the way we steward together. It's called shareholder. We are shareholders in the corporate impartation of the Word of the Lord. When we come together on Sunday mornings in this kind of corporate setting. We are here for one express kingdom purpose, and that is to build the body, to edify one another in love. That's what God has commissioned and ordained us to do. And that word shareholder means I have an investment in the propagation of the gospel and its work not only in my life, but in yours as well how can i be a blessing to someone today lord use me would you pray that prayer with me this morning father would you use me and utilize my gifts and give me unction from the holy spirit to do those things that would be a blessing that would build up someone in the faith today father would you allow that to happen among us through and by your holy spirit Father, without you we are nothing, but we know with you all things are possible, for we are your laborers, and we have joined our hearts and our spirits together this morning in expectation of divine impartation. Father, we believe that you have fashioned and formed us here today to be your habitation, You have come with your presence, Holy Spirit, and you dwell with us now. But I pray that you will do more than dwell with us, you will dwell in us. And you will do a definitive work that only the Holy Spirit can do. For you know what each of us needs, you know what each of us desires, you know our wants, you know our faults, our shortcomings, our failures, You know it all, Heavenly Father, and would you make up the difference? Do the impossible this morning. Would you do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think? And if you're in agreement with that affirmation this morning, would you declare praise the Lord? Hallelujah be to God. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. (laughs) Ha, ha. What a joy. I always love this time together with you. Thank you to our leaders for um, allowing me to, to bring to you the gospel this morning. If you would go to, with me to Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, and... Um, Paul is dealing with a situation here where the church needs a a stabilizing force, a stabilizing word. Um, uh, Paul is, is a man that has come to a place of credibility with the churches that he's planting on his missionary journeys. And he is instructing the Philippians that they are to be careful of the Judaizers. Now, the Judaizers were people who had crept in among believers in the church and had made a determination that they knew more about how to live out the gospel and to live out the Word of God than the Gentiles uh, who were just coming to faith in Christ, and they were trying to instruct them that well, it's through the works that you do, it's through the works that you attain, uh, a position or a place in Christ. And it was very disconcerting, it was very confusing. It was a very uh, it was a time of upheaval for um, the Judaizers had, had crept in among them and said, well, it's all about the kind of meat that you eat. It's all about the kind of works that you do. And Paul is giving instruction here to the Philippians uh, in chapter 3, and he makes some very powerful, pivotal uh, theological turns and twists as he navigates through this chapter. Beginning with verse 1, if you'll follow along with me. Finally, my brethren... Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. It's always good when you're going through a test or a trial to learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. David was a master at that. He learned how to encourage himself in the Lord. We believers, we need more believers who will learn how to rejoice in the Lord who will learn how to build themselves up in the faith. Learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And he says, Brothers, this is the last thing I want to say to you. Rejoice in the Lord. Have joy in your relationship with Christ. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. How many know we, we came to worship in the Spirit this morning? The Father is looking for a specific kind of worshiper, those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. A Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Whoa. Blameless. This guy's been killing Christians in the name of God. And he says, I'm blameless. I've been been doing this to help further and advance what I think is the advance of the kingdom. But what things were gained to me These I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Hallelujah. I suffered everything as loss and I counted as a garbage dump. It's rubbish because I want to gain Christ. Now here's what I I love. And be found in Him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. That I This verse breaks me up every time I read it. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ was Paul's exclamation point. I want to know him, and I want to know him in a specific, deep, integral way. I don't want a surface relationship that's void of the presence and power and purpose of the living God. I want to know him on a deeper level. I'm wondering if I'm talking to the right group this morning that you want to know him on a deeper level. You want to understand how to flow in the Holy Ghost, how to relinquish your agenda and embrace what God desires and has purposed for your life. You want to reach out for a greater awareness. We sang it this morning. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. I want to experience the glory of all he is. How would you like it if every time that we met together as the body of Christ, that the Shekinah glory of the Lord just enveloped us, that his presence would just move in amongst us and begin to flow and begin to heal and begin to set free and begin to liberate and begin to save and sanctify and baptize in the Holy Spirit, how would you love that kind of presence when we become more aware of who He is, when we come with a heart filled with the expectation of all that He can do and all that He desires to accomplish, He then is able and liberated to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think because we came filled with the expectation of the Holy Spirit. My God, I'm already getting... Yeah, hallelujah. Oh, my Lord. Help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Help my ear. I, I knew something was happening. I just... There we go. Is that
1: weird? Does that feel weird?
0: Well, it feels weird in that it's a foreign object, but I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Hallelujah. God's about to wake up this land. God's about to wake up this nation. There's there's an awakening in store for this place. Not just specifically for this body. You and I get to co-labor with God. We are the shareholders of the kingdom destiny that God has in store for what He desires to do in this region. God is doing it. God will do it. It's not about what you and I try to conjure up or work up in the name of the Lord. It's what we, in obedience to the command of the Lord, do when we lay down our agenda and our desires and we embrace all Holy Ghost, do exactly what the Father wills. You carry it out. You're the administrator of the Godhead, and you work in us bodily to will and to do according to the good pleasure of the Father. So let it happen that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Hallelujah. Be glorified in us, O Lord. Hallelujah. Be glorified in the heavens. Be glorified in the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we used to sing that. I used to sing that all the time.
1: Hello. Hello. Comes on me. Be glorified, be glorified, be glorified, be glorified, be glorified in the heavens, be glorified in the earth, be glorified in this temple Jesus Jesus be thou glorified come on Holy Spirit come on Holy Spirit
0: come on Holy Spirit glorify yourself in this place today I sense that's what the father came to do That's the expect. When glorification begins to happen in a body, manifold gifts of the Spirit are released. The manifold gifts. Hallelujah, because He knows who needs mercy. He knows who needs sanctification. He knows who needs healing. He knows who needs encouragement. He knows who needs mercy. He knows who needs exhortation. Whatever you need, He is more than enough and more than able to get the job done in your heart, and your life.
1: Hallelujah be to God. Hallelujah be to God. He's more than able.
0: Mm. I'm not talking from a position of a novice. I didn't start out last night. I'm in my 70th year. I know I don't look like it. Somebody told me when I turned 70, I said, you know, you don't look 70. I said, thank you. I appreciate that. Is this coming off again? Hallelujah. One more time. If it doesn't stay this time, I'm going to the handheld. And if I move to the handheld... No, look out. Anointing will break out. (laughs) Hallelujah. (sighs) Amaryllis has already been praying it over me, so I can't help it. It's happening. Glory to God. (laughs) You you know, here's here's the beauty of, of following Christ. It's the burden of sin has been lifted. It's the weight. It's the weightiness, and, and now we're filled with the joy of the Lord. You know George Whitfield, one of the great uh, fathers of the first Great Awakening. He and the Wesleys had tried. They formed a. It's written that they formed a club. It was called the Holy Club. <laughs> the Holy Club. Now, we don't need. We don't need another Holy Club. Uh, Because what they tried to do was work up uh, a relationship with God through works. Uh, They thought if they fasted more and prayed more. Whitfield even went out in the cold and laid out in the cold crying out for a visitation of God until he made himself sick. Now, it's possible to go overboard in the flesh. But Paul tells us the flesh profits little. It's the Spirit that makes alive. It's the Spirit that quickens the things of God. Because let me tell you something. If it doesn't come to you by the Word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit quickens the Word and brings revelation as to how to apply the Word that He's deposited inside of you, the Word does you little good. It has little value. But when revelation comes, hallelujah, then the Holy Spirit will not only do, what He does with Revelation is brings impartation so that you know how to release what you've received from God to others. Hallelujah. That's part of what Paul was crying out for. I want to know Christ. I don't want to know about Him. I want to know Him on a deeper level. I want to know Him on a higher plane, a higher plane. Oh, oh, hallelujah. When I say words, they quicken songs in me. That's just the way it goes. All right? When I said higher plane, it quickens this. Lord, lift me up and
1: let me stand by faith on heaven's table land a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet. On higher ground.
0: I'm going to a higher... We're going, Are we going to a higher place? Yes. How about it, heart of, the, heart of the Father? Is the Holy Spirit going to take us to a higher... I want to know Christ! Yes. I want to know Christ! Yes. I want to move to a higher level and a higher plane. Yes. I don't want to live in the superficial... I don't want surface relationships. I want a depth of relationship that burns the fire of God in my soul and causes my spirit to be at peace in the presence of the Lord and just settle down and say, He's in charge. He's in control. Relax. Don't get uptight. He's faithful that promised and He will also perform it and He will bring it to pass for He is able. He is able. Praise be to God. Now, (laughs) hallelujah. Paul was saying in this passage that we're going to trust Christ. And our good works for salvation is not trusting Christ at all. If you have to depend on climbing the political ladder or climbing up the ranks of the church to get noticed, it's not about that. All right? A couple of Sundays ago, the Holy Spirit set a theme. Here's, here's what the Holy, I sense the Holy Spirit is teaching and training us here at Heart of the Father. is how to flow with the Holy Ghost. Now, not everybody's comfortable in flow. Not everybody's comfortable. I've been there. I had a sweet little Jamaican lady that was attending my church a few years ago, and she came to me one Sunday, and she said, "Basta." I know you do not feel comfortable with flow. Because by nature, pastors do not like that which they cannot control. Ah. Oh, she struck a nerve. I said, yeah, I'm found out now. And that is the truth. And you and I, if we're honest with each other... We don't like relationships sometimes that we can't control. And that's what Paul was saying. Beware of the Judaizers. They're trying to get in the church and manipulate things. They're trying to control things that they want it done. They want to define your Christianity for you. Hello? You don't need somebody else to define your Christianity. The only one you need to to define you is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The only one you need to bring definition to your life is let the Holy Spirit speak to you who you are in Christ Jesus. Get a hold of that and lay claim to it by faith and stake your claim and stand upon what thus saith the word of the living God. That's knowing Christ. That's making Him known in the earth. I want to know Him. If ever there was a person who could be right with God on the, in the keeping of Jewish law, it was Paul. Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew how to keep the law. He said, I can keep the Mosaic law to the nth degree. I know all about it. I can, and I can recognize it. But he said, I'm ready if I'm going to know Christ intimately... I've got to throw all of that on the trash heap. Not that the law was bad, but it was his heart attitude toward the way he applied and administered the law because the law became a taskmaster. Hello. Your relationship with Christ is not to be a, a taskmaster type relationship. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creation. The old has passed away. I I feel the word of the Lord coming on me this morning to say to some of you close the door on your past, leave the past behind, and let God open a new door. A new door.
1: Hallelujah. Beyond the open door, there's a new and fresh anointing. Hear the Spirit calling you to go. Walk on through the door, for the Lord will go before you into a greater power you've never known. Before. Oh, can
0: you see it this morning in the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, open, anoint our eyes with eye salve. Anoint them, Lord, that we can see. You know, that's what they do to newborns. Uh, they anoint their eyes so that they can see. All of mine, when they were born, I used to love to watch them blink. And then the next thing I'd look and say, oh, they've got the most beautiful blue eyes. Oh, and they'd look at me, and the first time they looked at me with those baby blues, and they went like this. I'm putty then. It's it's over. They've got me right there. Yeah. You know what? That's what your Father wants for you. That's what your Father wants for you. When you want to know Him, and you lay down everything else in your life, and you consider it all rubbish for the excellency of knowing who he is I want to know him but he said I want to go beyond just knowing him I want to go into another dimension I want to I want to gain the ability to know Christ and knowing Christ means much more than just knowing about him I want a personal relationship with him you know we study a lot about people in history we, we've got we glean and gain a lot of knowledge, but we want to let Christ begin to speak to us and speak through us, His very word. When we begin to pray and we begin to fellowship with Him and we begin to develop the depth of relationship with Him, then we have His heart. Then we have His nature. Then we begin to understand His character. Hallelujah. You see, righteousness was Paul's goal. When he he was a Pharisee, it was self-righteousness. You see where I'm going with this this morning? Lay down self-righteousness and embrace the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Stop allowing the enemy... To tell you who you are. It's not about the identity that he's trying to lay on you. He's a Judaizer. (laughs) He's trying to manipulate you and to make you think God has forsaken you. God doesn't love you. God is not with you. He wants to lay a guilt trip on you. He wants to lay discouragement on you. But Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He has condemned sin. He has become sin for us. He has defeated sin. He has come forth out of the grave, victorious over death, hell in the grave. He has defeated sin and caused us to walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit. And we no longer fulfill the deeds of the flesh and the lusts of our flesh. We are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But Randy, I'm struggling with this. Yep. We all struggle. I'm struggling with it. We've, but the Holy Spirit's here to vet some things in our lives. He's here to take a deeper look. He's here to make, a, make us aware of His presence that's at work in our lives. And all those things that are going wrong, that are going wrong, that we don't understand, He's working them out. He's working them out. Romans 8, 28, we know that. It's one of my golden texts of Scripture. We know that all things are working together for good to them that love the Lord. Love the Lord. Am I talking to the right group this morning? How many love Him? If you love Him, he's, the reason you can love Him is because He's commended His love to you through Jesus Christ. Them that love the Lord who are the called according to His purpose. What does that mean? It means he takes your bad situation and turns it around completely and works it for your good. So that all things turn out for your good. For your benefit. Hallelujah. When you allow his word to be applied to work its perfect work in your life. He says, I want to I experience Christ's power. I don't want to just know him. I want to experience his power. I want to know the power of His resurrection. The power of His resurrection. What does that mean? It means the power to change. The power to change. When Christ came forth out of the tomb, He wasn't the same Christ that He was when He went in. He went in with a robe of flesh, but He came out glorified. That's why when he had the first encounter he, with, with Mary, don't touch me. He was in a glorified state. The power to change. The power to change. The Holy Spirit is giving you and quickening some of you in the, under the sound of my voice this morning with the power to change. The power that the Holy Spirit is releasing inside of you to change and see the situation Change and turned around for your good. Hallelujah. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I feel the word of the Lord going forth and that it's penetrating and making an impact into your life. When we take time to know Christ, the whole person becomes changed. The whole person becomes new. The whole person is raised in power in Christ from dead works that has set us free from the law of sin and death i'm no longer under the law's manipulation it can't move me around anymore and keep me on a guilt trip it has set me free remember how peter was changed by resurrection power before jesus went to gethsemane peter denied christ jesus said before you didn't before i'm crucified you'll have denied me thrice but he went out from that place and he wept bitterly because he felt a sense of failure. How many of you have ever shed tears in the midnight hour? You've wept bitterly over situations and circumstances that have happened in your life that you struggle with. Peter was in that place. But he was, when, when he met Jesus the next time, he was bold in his faith. And he preached a powerful word at Pentecost. And he became a stalwart in the early church. Notice what Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 18 and 20. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. And how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His power in us for us who believe. As demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength. Which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. Listen, He sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he's released his power into our lives as believers. God's not not up there just wringing his hands. Wondering what the next bad thing is that's going to happen in your life. It was a great day of revelation in my life. When I came to understand that nothing that happens to me. Has caught God by surprise. That he's ordering my steps. That he knows exactly what he's doing with my life. He knows exactly what he's doing with your life. Your life has meaning. Your life has purpose. Your life has been ordered by the Lord in ways that please him. Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ... I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name, may He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit Himself. In dwelling your innermost being and personality, may Christ, through your faith, actually dwell. Settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. Settle down. If you came in uptight today, settle down. If you came in struggling today, settle down. Hmm? the problem is you're so busy you're so frustrated run, running around trying to be in control, trying to carry forth your own agenda. listen listen to listen to the preacher this morning. I'm just... I'm saying this because I want to instruct you in love. Okay? Settle down. Rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Say that with me. Rest in the Lord. Rest in Him. That's the power of His resurrection. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. He just went over and said, Okay, Father, I did everything you asked me to do. The last statement of the cross was, It is finished. Did you know he, he's already completed everything he needs to do on your behalf? It's already done. It is finished. If you need healing, it's finished. If you need salvation, it's finished. If you need spirit baptism, it's finished. It's, a, it's the work of Christ that's already been completed. And he went and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he's just sitting there, just smiling at you, saying, yep, I see the I see the struggle. Yes, I see see the suffering. Hello. But can I tell you this morning that we're not suffering for no good reason. God, I don't understand why the pain. Why the struggle. Why I'm going through what I'm going through. God says, I'm teaching you to do what James chapter 1 says. Brothers and sisters, when your fiery trial comes, learn how to have joy. He hooks up with what Paul's teaching us here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now I'll say it again: rejoice. The next chapter of Philippians, verse, chapter 4, says, Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Let me tell you something. I've had to walk that out. Because if you don't replace fear with faith, it'll eat your lunch. It'll eat your lunch. If I got real personal with this story, um, the person I'm, I'm thinking of, We'll, uh, we'll eat my lunch after service. But I'll tell you, I'll just say it this way because some of you know it, know the situation. Some of you don't. Uh, our, when our, our son was born, um, he was born with a heart defect. And within 24 hours, he was flown from Lakeland Regional to Gainesville and at Shands Hospital. <clears throat> the cardiologist came over the phone and said uh, he has a defect known as tetralogy of Fallot, and he's going to need immediate open heart surgery. I said, uh, in my spirit, my spirit sank. Discouragement. I said to myself, God, uh, I've served you all of my life. I, 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 I grew up in a Christian home. I, Christians aren't supposed to have these kinds of... They're not supposed to be faced with these kind of challenges. God, what are you doing? And w- immediately we started doing all the things we, we knew to do scripturally, praying for divine healing, praying for the miraculous praying for things to happen, that God would turn the situation around. But he didn't deliver us out of that. And so I'm pacing out in the parking lot one day, just walking around, just just pacing. And the Holy Spirit came to me. Now, this is about knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection. The Holy Spirit came with a confrontational word and said, which is it? Randy, which is it? Are you going to allow fear to rule you for the rest of your life because it's ruled you for the last 43 years of your life? It's pretty much been at the seat of all the decisions that you've made. They've been faith or they've been fear generated. Which is it? Fear or faith? Fear or faith? And those two words exploded inside of me. And I said, Holy Spirit, if you'll give me the unction and you'll grant me the anointing, I'll embrace what your word says. And from this day forward, our journey together will be a journey of faith. Faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. But with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. 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 Now, from that day forward, the journey has been by faith. Hallelujah. And so, has has God been faithful to do what he said he would do? Well, that was 30 years ago. 30 years ago. And today, sitting in the service with me, is the young man that I just told you about that 30 years ago was flown to Shands with a heart defect. But 30 years ago and three open-heart surgeries later, and at the last surgery, the cardiologist walked in and said, Son, for the first time in your life, you know what it's like to have a normal heart. The first time in your life. It's miraculous. I, and I don't have time to tell you the whole condition, but my God, He just brought our first grandson on my side that's leaving me a legacy that when I'm gone, Zion will carry it. Is the Lord faithful? Yes, He is. But it's knowing Christ, it's knowing Him, it's knowing Him in a depth of the power of his resurrection. And then he says, how about the fellowship? I just described to you what it means to walk through the fellowship of suffering. The fellowship of suffering. Now, what do I mean by that? Because some of us just think, oh, it's just all about pain and tears and blood and sweat and walking through and wringing our hands. No, the kind of suffering I'm talking about is redemptive suffering. It's a redemption. It's a purchasing back. It's a buying back of time that's been lost. It's redeeming the time. It's God saying to you and to me, whatever the devil has stolen from you, I'm going to put it back. I'm going to replace it. I'm going to replenish it. Whatever the enemy has stolen from your peace, I'm going to grant you a new position and a new place in me. Redemptive suffering. I'm suffering for a purpose. I'm suffering for his glory. I'm walking through this so that the glory of Christ Jesus can be seen at work in me. Don't you think it lends integrity to our testimony when we walk through some stuff? When we suffer through some stuff and we've got a It's like one preacher said to me one time he said, "You don't have an emony until you first had the test." You've got to have you've got to walk through the test to get a testimony. <laughs> testimony. <laughs> Testify. Testify. Do you have integrity? Is there an integrity to your witness? I bear on my body the marks. I bear the scars. I've gone through some things. I've gone through some things. Am I talking to the right group this morning? You've gone through some things. You've encountered some redemptive suffering.
1: Here it is. Through many dangers, toils, and snares. I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. See, I'm headed
0: somewhere. If I'm going to suffer, I want my suffering to mean something. I want my suffering to have some value. The fellowship of His suffering. Our identification with Christ in this journey. The fellowship of His suffering. Being made conformable. Conformable. Settle down. I'm conforming. It's some of those dangerous prayers that we need to pray. We, I've discovered we, we won't pray dangerous prayers, but God was so unique he can get us to sing them.
1: We'll sing them. Huh? Break me, melt me. Mold me, fill me, Spirit of the living God. Huh? Break me. (laughs) Really? (laughs) And Monday morning you're going out there,
0: God, I feel so broken. He said, you asked for it? (laughs) You were singing it. Melt me. I'm I'm just wilting under the, the hot sun. I feel like I'm in a desert place. You asked for it. You wanted him to mold you. Out of the furnace of affliction, I've chosen to refine you. Huh?
1: Huh? I'm in the fire, Lord.
0: It's redemptive suffering. He's redeeming me. He's redeeming me. He's not giving me over to the works of my flesh. He's refining my spirit. Lord, burn out the chaff. Burn up the dross. Burn up the fleshly things of my life and let the Spirit of God come forth. Let the pure, unadulterated, anointed Spirit of the living
1: God fall fresh on the heart of the Father today. Let it happen in the name of the Lord. Oh God. Hallelujah.
0: I'm already, I'm not about to get happy. I'm happy. I'm rejoicing in the Lord. I'm rejoicing in the, See when the faith fiercest situation was settled, I he taught me how to settle down and trust him. Yeah. Learn how to trust him. Part of the fellowship of redemptive suffering is learning how to trust him. I asked the Holy Spirit one day, if you'll ask him, he may answer you. If you'll ask him some questions, Lord, how will I know when I trust you? He said, do you remember when the disciples were on the boat and they encountered the storm? And they said, Lord, don't you care if we perish? You know what he was doing when they asked him, before they asked him that? He was in the boat asleep in the middle of a storm. I said, oh, now I get it. If I really trust him, I can rest. I'll learn how to rest. Let Him teach you how to rest. Let Him impart that gift to you. How to rest in Him. Trust in the Lord. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord He's making some of the Crookedness of your path. He said, I'll make the crooked. This is Old Testament. This is where Handel got it when he wrote the Messiah, and I'm not going to sing every valley this morning. We'd be here a while. But that's where Handel, when he wrote the Messiah, got every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill made low. The crooked paths will be straight and the rough places plain. God works all of those things out. If you're going through some rough places, God will work it out. But be willing to go through it and ask the Lord, God, what are you teaching me in the midst of this? I'm walking through it. You better learn something on the other side of it. Don't you dare come out bitter. Don't you dare give up and throw in the towel. Don't you dare come out angry at God. Let me tell you something. I've tried the anger with God. You won't win. Listen to this 70-year-old preacher. You won't win by trying to get angry with God and tell God how he should order the affairs of your life. The best thing you can do is obediently lay down your will and embrace his will and pray one of those dangerous Garden of Gethsemane prayers. Nevertheless, Father, not my will. Not my will. Not my will. Hello, who am I preaching to this morning? But yours be done. Not my will, Lord. I'm I'm suffering for a redemptive purpose. The fellowship. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to embrace it. I'm walking through. I'm not just looking for, well, God, just throw the, if you're looking for somebody to suffer, Lord, come on. No, that's not what I mean. No. I'm saying it's going to come to all of us. The trial, the testing of your faith, it'll work great patience. Now, I'm working on this. James, man, I'm telling you, James in the first verse of chapter 1 just blew us out of the water and said, Oh, we'll find out what the measure of your maturity in Christ is. When the test and the trial comes, are you able to have joy in the midst of it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not, well, God thank you for this trial. No. It's in, all, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. It's not for it. It's not for everything. It's in it. When you're in it, give thanks. That's the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We're to thank God for each other in this body. That the body's teaching us how to flow together. What does that mean? I alluded to it a moment ago. What does learning how to flow mean? It means staying plugged in when the worship team invites us into the presence of the Lord. By plugged in, I mean when the Holy Spirit says, I feel like the Lord is saying this morning that we're in a struggle. We're in a wrestle. There's some things. You guys, I'm saying, why do I need to preach this morning? They're They're seeing us through it. We're going through what there's. we're seeing it, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this place this morning. So let's allow him to do what he wants to do as we flow together. And when we say, wait on the Lord, by nature, the church, the traditional American Western culture church does not like for things to get quiet. We do not like for things to get quiet. But has anybody read, be still and know that I'm God? Has anybody read that? Sometimes the Holy Spirit, when we he says, wait, those that wait upon the Lord, here's a dynamic that happens. It's wonderful. You get to renew your strength. He will renew your strength. You'll mount up with wings like eagles. You'll run and not grow weary. Hallelujah. Hadn't you rather be flying with the eagles instead of running with the turkeys? (laughs) Hadn't you? I had. I want to get. The eagle gets up so high, there's a place up the side of the mountain where snakes can get. But the eagle flies, it's called the snake line. The eagle can get above the snake line. And he flies so high that the snake can't touch him. The snake can't bite him. The snake can't inject him with venomous poison. How many? The Lord wants to teach us how to get above the snake line so that you don't get by, bit by the enemy anymore, so that you don't get injected with his venomous poison. And he tries to inject you and say, God doesn't care about you anymore. God's forgotten you, God's forsaken you. Nothing could be further from the truth. The very fact that Jesus shed his blood on your behalf on a cross. That he suffered and died. God seemed to think you were worth the blood of his son. God seemed to love you so much that he said, I'm going to allow him to go to the cross and die on your behalf. So now you've entered into the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable to his death. I want to I'm I'm conforming to what he desires. I'm obediently saying, "Father, however you want to do it, let it happen. However you want to carry it out, because I know that the work you're doing is a good work. It's a perfect work. It's for my good. It's for my upbuilding." Now help me to settle down and rest in you and have joy in the midst of it. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Does anybody receive the word of the Lord yes. this morning? Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Derek, help me this morning. The Lord, the Lord gave me a the Lord gave me a song, a word to end this morning I think it's appropriate for this moment is this what I think it is? it doesn't have a some of the oils, I was smelling it to see if it had frankincense and spikenard and all that good stuff, but this is just oil, this is just plain oil. I'd thought about bringing a contrast of oils this morning and putting some castor oil 1030 here in a big thing of Crisco oil, granola <laughs> oil. I've, I've, every Sunday I, since I've been here, I, I look at this bottle of oil. And as I was preparing for this, a matter of fact, the last time I, I ministered, the Lord spoke to me at the end of that message on God is able, and he said, I want you, the next time you minister, I want you to utilize the oil. Well, being the inquisitive person that I am, I said, "Well, okay, Lord, if you're going to ask me to do something, could you kind of give me a purpose for why you wanted why you want to do this?" He said, "Well, if you remember, the purpose for using oil in Scripture was for anointing. Anointing in Scripture is a, is symbolic." of the presence of the Holy Spirit. But as I was studying and meditating on this, the Holy Spirit revealed in me and said, the anointing is like a seal. It's an outward visible manifestation of an inward work. It's an outward visible. I remember uh, watching uh, Laura Ingram on the Ingram angle. And it was Holy Week. And she's on national TV. And she's got the symbol of a cross, charcoal, in her forehead was Ash Wednesday. I said, well, if the Catholics are bold enough in their faith that they can go on national TV and wear a charcoal cross in their forehead, what about we evangelicals? Is it okay if we allow the Holy Spirit to place his anointing on us There's nothing magical in the oil. It's the representation. It's what the Holy Spirit does when we allow Him to seal our lives with His presence and with His anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Lord, I I feel the Holy Spirit moving among us. I know in, in Pentecostal circles, when I was growing up, we used to, the more demonstrative we were, the more God moved. Well, we equated that with the moving of God. But now, the Holy Spirit can move in manifold ways. I look around and see him moving on your heart, some of you are smiling. Some of you have hands raised. Some of you are waving flags. Some of you have on a prayer shawl and the Holy Spirit will hit you and you'll do this. It's just the way the Holy Spirit does. I'm not making fun of that because I'm telling you something. I knew a brother one time. He made fun of him and said, oh, you people, you're just too demonstrative. The Holy Spirit took him and put him right on a carpet that had red, it was red carpet. And when he got up, his white shirt was red. So I'd never make fun of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But I'm telling you, when he does it, it's a definitive work. And I want I want to release the anointing of the Holy Spirit in here this morning. And as I prayed the prayer at the beginning of this ministry time, whatever... The need that you have in your life today he is more than enough he is known to us as El Shaddai the God who is all-sufficient he is the God Almighty the God who is more than enough I said the God who is more than enough whatever your situation I want to know Christ. I want to know him on a deeper level, a higher plane. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I've been buried with him and if I've been buried with him, he buried my sins. He carried them as far as the east is from the west. He removed my sin out of my life. I don't have to carry the burden of that anymore. I'm a new creation. If the Son has set me free, I'm therefore free indeed. Hallelujah be to God. I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. And I want His will to conform me to His perfect will and His way in my life. Whatever it is, Whatever it is. Hallelujah. I don't know if the elders want to join me in this. But if you want the anointing of the Holy Spirit and you want to say, Lord, I want you to seal that work, your work in my life. I want to know you. I don't want to know about you. I want to know you. I want to know your nature. I want to know your ways. I want to know you by your spirit. I'm walking through some tough places right now. But you're going you're to iron them out. I'm going to walk in a new place. I'm going to recover. I shall recover. I feel a prophetic word there. I shall recover it all. Whatever you've lost. Whatever the enemy's stolen from you. The word of the Lord says, I'll recover it all. I'll recover. I said the word of the Lord. This isn't Randy's word. This is the word of the Lord. I shall recover it all. It's not a pipe dream, it's the word of the Lord. It's not a hope so, maybe so. It's the word of the Lord. I shall recover it all. I feel that resonating in my soul this morning. Oh God. Oh, God, I'm going to recover it. I've been lied to. The enemy's robbed from me. He's stolen from me. But one day, this Nazarene, this Galilean, this rose of Sharon, his name was Jesus, showed up in my life. And he said, Surrender all to me. We're going to go places you've never dreamed possible we're going to do things you could only imagine i'm going to make the impossible possible i'll never leave you i'll never forsake you i'll never forsake you i'm going to give you a new, a new identity i'm going to set you free i'm going to set you free let me tell you something folks if you're in bondage this morning Let me tell you something, fear is bondage. Fear for me was bondage. I walked in the fear of what other people thought about me, what other people said about me. I walked in fear of failure for 43 years of my life until I one day woke up and embraced the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something, listen to this 70-year-old preacher. Once you've tasted freedom, you never want to go back. Once you've tasted freedom, you never want to go back. I sense the Holy Spirit wants to set some people free this morning. Remember, there's nothing magical in the oil. But if you want to seal the deal with God this morning, if you want to seal it, I want to anoint you this morning. I'm just following the instruction. I'm just following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. If you want freedom this morning, I want to seal the deal with you. And the agreement with the word of the Lord is the Son has set you free. If that's you, come on. I'm ready. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, just line up down here. I'm going to get to every one of you. Line up all across the front here. I want to seal the deal, Holy Spirit. I want to seal it. Now this is part of the flow. This is part of learning to wait on the Lord. Waiting, waiting is divine interruption. God is breaking into your world. God is breaking in to mindsets he's breaking into your heart and into your spirit he wants to share things with you this morning open your heart up open your mind up open your spirit up (laughs) let him begin to speak to you if you have a prayer language begin to pray in the holy ghost but fine-tune your hear your ears this morning hear what the spirit of the lord is saying to the church Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Now, I'm not going to, I'm just going to anoint you. I'm just going to anoint you. Prayer team and elders, if you want to join me, or if there are those of you in the body who the Lord has gifted you with a spiritual gift, and you will compassionately and mercifully and lovingly minister that to somebody this morning then I want you to, if the Lord lays somebody on your heart, I want you to go to them and begin to pray with them and minister to them, okay? Right now, I want us to lift our voices begin to pray in the Holy Ghost begin to pray in the Holy Ghost whatever you need, believe the Lord for it, believe the Lord for it in the name of Jesus 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 hallelujah got it? Amen.